Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. I'm looking forward to sharing uh, from the Word of God today. This morning, we're talking about um, baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of speaking in tongues. And um, I'm, I'm so looking forward to sharing this, and I hope I do well with the, with the work of the Holy Spirit. I hope I can communicate what it is that He's wanting us to see and to hear and to experience. But over the last few weeks, we've been doing a series about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we've been unpacking that. Um, on the 24th, just after Easter, Kim um, Immersides is going to be sharing a message um, as well about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But this morning, we want to look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And before I do, I want to read a verse of Scripture to you out of the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 4. Give me a smile, please. Amen. It's a great Scripture because it talks about the significance of this this, this person, this gift. It says this here in verse 4 of chapter 1. It says, And Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. What, what is that, the, the promise of the Father? Here they are. They've seen all that Jesus has done. He's gone to the cross. He's ascended into heaven. Uh, he, he comes back to life. He's with the disciples now. There's about 400 of them, I think, around about that or 120 that ended up ultimately in the upper room. And he says to them, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And then he goes on, he says, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Our hope and our prayer today is that people today that are here, that are believers in Christ, that have made that great decision to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour, maybe today it might be for the first time or for the most newest moment in your life that you're hearing about the person of the Holy Spirit and in particular the baptism that we're going to be talking about. But before we do, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I pray this morning. You know every person that's here today. Lord, you know their, their, their past, their present and their future. And this morning, Lord, as we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, we just thank you today for the incredible gift that you've given us through the Holy Spirit. And today, Lord, as we talk about the baptism and, and praying in tongues, we just pray for your wisdom and for your discernment as we jump into this topic and everybody said, Amen and Amen. You know, a lot of churches today, they mention the person of the Holy Spirit, but don't speak much about the work of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I thought about it during the week. What are, what are some of the reasons why there potentially is not much discussion about the person of the Holy Spirit in relation to the fact that Jesus called him or referred to him as the promise of the Father? A pr pretty significant statement when you think about it. But I thought about it. Sometimes in the church it can be ignorance that stops us from recognising him and talking about him. It can be pride. Some people think that when they get born again, they're automatically baptised in the Holy Spirit. We'll be talking about that in a moment as well. Or it could be deception as well, that they're just deceived and don't realise how important it is to understand and to know who the person of the Holy Spirit is. In fact, when we look at Scripture, we can clearly see that the Holy Spirit is not an it or a thing. He's not a symbol, right? He's a real person. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. 
He can be grieved. Another verse of scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, mentions the fact that the Holy Spirit can also be quenched in a person's life. But I think the, the scripture that underscores or brings to us the real depth of importance of understanding who the Holy Spirit is in our lives and through our lives is this scripture here in Mark chapter 3, verse 29, where it says that the unforgivable, unforgivable sin in scripture is to curse the Holy Spirit. Did you know that this morning? In, in the book of Mark, chapter 3, verse 29, it says the one, Jesus says the one sin that cannot be forgiven is when someone curses the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's phenomenal when you think about it. When, when you think of uh, potentially of, of, of all the sins that we could commit and God's willing to forgive them all, but the one that he won't forgive is when someone curses the Holy Spirit. That's why I think it's so important that we understand more fully and we're going to be doing a series on the Holy Spirit here as a person through the month of May and June. We're just going to be spending time around the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'm hoping this, right? The more that we talk about him, the more that he'll show up. Amen? The more that we reflect on who he is, the more that we get faith um, in, um, in the person of the Holy Spirit and the work in our lives, the more that he's going to show up. So I wanted to look at a few references throughout Scripture this morning about the person of the Holy Spirit. And there's quite a few that I'll take you through just again to, to, to understand again the depth of who the Holy Spirit is and what he's wanting to do in our lives. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28, 29, many of us would know, and it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, because that's what old men do. They sleep a lot. Amen. Your young, your young men shall see visions, and on my maid servants and on my maid, men servants, I will pour my spirit out in those days, referring to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit or the promise of the Father that Jesus said to the disciples to wait for. You got it? Another verse of Scripture, Jesus himself talking about the Holy Spirit and his role in our lives in John chapter 14. It says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Acts chapter 1 verse 4, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. Listen to it there, but the Helper. What's the part of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives? To, to, oh, you can do better than that. What's part of his role in our lives to what? To, to help us, amen. Does anyone need any help out there? Oh, no, I'm doing fine just on my own. No, honestly, honestly, the world that we are living in today has just gone absolutely mad. And we need more and more help of the Holy Spirit in every moment of our days, amen. But the, the definition of the word helper there from the Greek means parakletos, and it's defined as comforter, one that comes to assist and to stand beside. So Jesus said, but the help of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. In John chapter 16, verses 5 through to 7, listen to this again. And this, this should help us to understand this morning the significance of who the person of the Holy Spirit is and the importance of the understanding that we don't just need to know about him, we need to really know him. Amen? Listen to what Jesus says about this person, the Holy Spirit. He says, but now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Listen, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go. 
For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. They're sitting there. They're freaking out. They're like, Jesus, we've been with you over these last number of years. You're talking about going. There's sadness in their heart. But Jesus stops them and says, hey, it's to your advantage. If I don't go, if I don't ascend to the Father, then I am not able to send the helper. Wow. To our advantage that Jesus ascended in order for the Holy Spirit to ascend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, look at what John the Baptist spoke concerning Jesus. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I'm, no apologies, there are a number of scriptures this morning. But listen to what John the Baptist says. Who was John the Baptist? Jesus referred to him as, as one of the greatest prophets of all time. That's who this guy Jesus referred to as. But listen to what it says. John speaking. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. That's some humility, right? Talking about it there. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. And he goes on to say, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Hallelujah. John's saying about Jesus, when Jesus comes, I've been baptizing you in water, but when Jesus comes, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You see, many Groups today, many churches today believe that when you become a believer, you automatically receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you this morning that that's incorrect, that's false, that's not true teaching out of the Word of God. We're going to get there in a moment's time because I don't believe that at all. In fact, Jesus, excuse me, John here speaks clearly about a defined baptism with the Holy Spirit and in that essence of fire, being inflamed or fired up on the inside for God. Amen. So this morning I want to speak about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. From what I see in Scripture and also from my own personal experience, there are three, I believe, distinct experiences that we have in God. Amen. And this might mess with your, your understanding this morning or your theology. Um, it's, it's my interpretation of Scripture. It's my experience that I've gone through. But the three that I want to talk about, just briefly, number one, the first experience that we have in God in the kingdom is repentance leading to salvation. We become born again. We believe in Jesus. We confess our sins. He forgives us our sins. He, he, he makes us right with God because of His blood, because of what He's done on the cross. And then we become children of God. Amen. That's the first experience. Then the next one... Water baptism, baptism, the cleansing of the old life and a public declaration of faith. Amen. How amazing for all those people. I think there's about eight to ten at the moment that will be getting water baptised on Easter Sunday morning. That's got to be a pretty good time to get water baptised. Amen. But water baptism is the next experience that we go through. When we go through the waters of baptism, the old life is washed away and then we make that public declaration of our faith. That's the second one. Then the third one is the experience of being baptised in the Holy Spirit. A whole nother level, a whole nother journey in God. And I want to share just a little bit of my experience. I was born again at 18 years of age. I was born again under a gentleman called David Schaefer, who was a mentor and a, and a great friend for many, many years. He was pastoring a church in Port Macquarie, and at 18 years of age, I felt the conviction of God like I'd never felt before. And in a moment's time, I went from someone that had a mental ascension to God to a heartfelt connection about the reality of God. It was 
most life-changing experience, amen. And all of you this morning, and most of you would know what that's like, where you go from unbelieving to believing. It's like your eyes are opened up. It's like a, the Saul on the road to Damascus who ends up with scales on his eyes. And in, a mo- in an instant's time when another apostle comes or another person comes and prays, the scales just fall away and all of a sudden you can see truth, amen. 18 years of age, I got born again, miraculously born again. And then I got water baptized at age 22. Can we bring that other photo up? That'd be great. I just wanted to put that up there to show you that at one time I had hair. You see it up there? Not lots of it, but there was enough. Amen. But at 22 years of age, I went through the experience of being water baptized. Oh my gosh, I'm buff there. Take it down, get rid of it. But at 22 years of age, I got water baptized. And I can't remember how long it was after that, but I remember going to a men's camp with a group of other guys. And I remember one night there was an altar call for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I didn't really know much about the Holy Spirit. I knew about Jesus. I knew about the Father in heaven. And I sort of knew about this person of the Holy Spirit. But I remember remember going out of the altar call and praying this prayer and then in the next minute, in my instance, I, I was laying on the ground, the power of God. Please don't get scared by that, but the power of God hit me. And I remember being, being semi-conscious, under the weight of God, just with my, my heart fully, fully open, my mind fully open, and just in awe of this experience that I was having in God, where I received the gift of the Holy Spirit. I became baptized in the Holy Spirit. My Faith level increased, my love for God increased, my witness increased. It's like something happened within me that sort of supercharged my faith, if I could use those words. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, depending on people, sometimes people get baptized in the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues straight away in that moment. For other people, I've heard of people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, haven't spoken in tongues, and then they're in a worship service or they're at home in their bedroom and they start to sing to God and all of a sudden this language that they've never heard before comes out of their mouth. There's other people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and have never spoken in tongues and sometimes get a little bit awkward about the discussion around that. I want to say that it's all good. I want to say this to everybody. The evidence of baptism in the Holy Spirit is not the gift of speaking in an unknown language. The evidence of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a changed life. Okay? Because some denominations and churches teach that the evidence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life is the ability to be able to speak in an unknown tongue. We'll talk about that in a moment's time. We don't believe that. We don't agree with that. We don't think that that's sound doctrine or teaching. No, no. We believe the evidence of the Holy Spirit in the baptism is a changed life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But as I went on in that experience, I remember I went to visit, I don't know how I ended up there, but uh, I think the pastor invited me to come around. I thought that's good if the pastor invites you to come around. You're either dead or you're going to live, either way. Anyway, I remember going around to his house and in Port Macquarie, I think it was in Lord Street, this old fibro home, and uh, he and another one of the leaders were there. I think he led the, led the men's ministry, Paul, his name. And I remember the guys, we were just out the back chatting, and we talked about the camp and things like that. And I'll just share with you what happened to me this morning. But I remember just sitting there and they, they asked the question, have you begun to speak in tongues yet? 
And I said, uh, no. He said, well, can we pray with you? Can we help you? And so we were sitting around the table and just quietly praying, and they started praying in this language. I wasn't quite sure what it was. Uh, I'd heard it before, but it was just something that I probably wasn't that used to. And I remember sitting there. I, I hadn't prayed, but I had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I remember the gentleman encouraging me. These, these are, this is like a start with a baby language. Remember, it's not your language. You give God your voice, and he gives you his language. Did you hear that? So I just started to go, rabba, rabba, whatever was coming out of my mouth. And in about a minute's time, I had this supernatural experience where I, my head, I was like that. Yeah, my head was down on the table. It was an old timber table. My head was down like that. And within about a minute, I remember this language just flowing out of my mouth and out of my heart. And in a moment's time, both my hands were lifted to heaven and I'm just praying in this unknown tongue. I mean, it was just absolutely phenomenal. Life-changing, amen? Life-changing. So I want to bring us back to this thought about people that teach that when you're saved, you're all automatically baptised in the Holy Spirit. Two examples, we won't go into both of them. First one you'll find for yourself in Acts chapter 8. So they were saved but not yet baptised in the Holy Spirit. Because again, I believe with all of my heart there is a defined opportunity to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit who then abides with him. This example I want to give you in Acts chapter 19, listen to it. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Good question. So they said to him, we have not so much as heard as whether there is a Holy Spirit. So they heard about Jesus, they believed in Jesus, they were born again. Then Paul said, John indeed baptised with the baptism of repentance, saying the people that should believe on him would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when they, Paul had laid their hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. Hallelujah. Listen, church. If, we ever, if there's ever a time that we need to be committed to our Saviour and the supernatural outworking of God in us and through us, it's now. Time to wake up. Time to stir our hearts. Amen. Some things that I notice about these texts of Scripture here, some things to notice. They were already saved. They believed in Jesus. They became aware of the person of the Holy Spirit. Hands were laid upon them for impartation. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit and then they started to speak in tongues. My, my personal conviction about the gift of the Holy Spirit is that when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you get everything, not just part of Him. Amen? I believe when you get baptised in the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to be able to pray in an unknown language. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't do it like this. Andy, you can speak in tongues. Rachel, no way known. Jesse, you can. I'll give it to you. But Kim, bad luck. You're a little bit shorter, taller. I'm not sure. Do you think the Holy Spirit works that way? He doesn't. He doesn't. But you know what I find sometimes? It can just take a little journey of faith. Might just take a little bit of prayer and fasting. Might just take a little bit of seeking on, on one's behalf to say, Holy Spirit, if this, this bold man at the front 
can speak in an unknown tongue and worship the Father in a language that, that is not intelligible to the, to the uh, 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 natural ear, then why can't you do that in me? Everyone's gone quiet or I've just stopped talking, one or the other, or both. <laughs> Amen? The Lord wants you to experience not only just the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the ability to be able to worship Him in an unknown language. It's supernatural. It's incredibly empowering. Just to clarify before we conclude this morning. Just to clarify, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it talks about the gift of tongues there, but then it goes on to talk about tongues and interpretation. So that's talking about the public ability to be able to speak in an unknown language. Public ability to be able to speak in an unknown language. How does that work? I shared a few weeks ago, we can be in a worship time. It's very, very quiet. We get into that, 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 that reflective, that meditative mode where we're just waiting on God. And all of a sudden, sudden someone belts out this, this, um, this spray of language that we can't understand. That's tongues. And then someone across the other side of the room, give it about, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight seconds. Then they start to prophesy. They start to prophesy in English and they're interpreting what the Holy Spirit has said through the person over there and they're interpreting it over here. You see, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit manifests himself as he chooses for the profit of who? All of us. So that's public manifestation and expression. But then there's also the private expression of being able to worship God by speaking and praying in an unknown language, the gift of tongues. In fact, Jude chapter 1 verse 20, you can look at it in your own time. Go and have a look at that. But it talks about how we build ourselves up in our most holy faith. The ability to be able to speak in tongues empowers us. That's all, folks. <laughs> I tell you what, seriously, as a pastor, you've got to be able to laugh at yourself, amen. <laughs> that's all, folks. Who was that? Who? Roadrunner? Oh, the bunny. Thanks very much. Who? That's all, folks. Yeah. You know, we need to be praying. You, you brought this upon yourself, not me, by bringing up, is it a Disney character? Is it out of Disney? I can't talk about it while I was going to talk about them. People saying, amen for that. So public interpretation of tongues and interpretations, as I said, but then also private as well. For edification. Listen as I start to conclude today. If I could just have a Lynn, that would be great. Or who could be available? Thank you, Lynn. Why should I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? Well, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Part of the outworking is the inward working of the Holy Spirit where he empowers us to be witnesses. Amen? You see, I would propose today that if you, you are born again and that you are baptized or you have been baptized in water, maybe it's your day to day 
to take that next step and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Or, as we stated in the beginning, the promise of the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Free gift. How do, we, how do we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? Well, let me, let me read the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 11, 11 to 13. Or at home, online as well. It could be your moment too today to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How do we receive the gift? The words of Jesus out of the book of Luke 11 to 13. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Bad dad. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Who did John say? would baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire? Jesus. So from what I understand, all I need to do is ask the Father for the gift of the Holy Spirit and ask Jesus to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I wish I could go for longer. <laughs> I just, anyway, I can't. But it would be great too. But another time. Amen. We simply ask. Just like you asked the Father to forgive you, remember when you were born again? What did you do? You stepped out in faith. You trusted what the Word of God, or you put your faith in the Word of God, and then you asked God to forgive you. Same thing when it comes to receiving the gift or the person of the Holy Spirit. You understand the Word of God. You, you see the truth in it, the person of the Holy Spirit, the baptism, the need for that step to be taken place. And then you simply ask the Father. You ask, you believe, you simply receive. We do the asking and Jesus does the baptizing. Hallelujah. So this morning I'm, I'm going to release the church, the service today, and just release people. Um, but for those that would like to stay and have some prayer, then we would just love to spend a few minutes praying with you. And there would be two groups of people this morning that we'd love to pray for. Firstly, for those people that have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's simply us just leading you in a prayer. And just like you saw in Acts chapter 19, we would lay, gently lay hands upon you and pray for that impartation. I sense the Holy Spirit here now. I sense him because my hands start to get a little bit numb and my knees get a little bit weak. <laughs> I start to go like that. I can sense him here now. Or I can sense the, the, the dunamis, the power of God in the room. So that's the first group of people that we love to pray for. And then the second group of people, for those people that have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, but you're not yet speaking or praying in an unknown language. Remember before I said to you, I was in the backyard, in the backyard with those two men, and they were like, they were, my head's here and their heads are like that, and they're praying in tongues. 
And I think that that faith and that expression encouraged me to take a step of faith. One of the things that I find, especially for people that are highly intellectual, your mind stops you from stepping over. Because in your mind, you're going, I don't want to make it up. I don't want to make it up. I don't want to make it up. And then you don't step out. But I found this. Sometimes it takes the baby steps of faith. As I give God my voice, He gives me His language. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're a part of a Pentecostal church? (laughs) And we don't want to hold back anything this morning. And we don't want to make this weird or anything like that. We're not into weird. Weird belongs down the road. But we just want to be real, right? And he's here. And if you're in the building and you say, well, I haven't been baptized yet. I'd love to receive that gift. We want to pray with you. We won't pressure you. We won't make you feel weird or anything like that. You can just simply receive. And listen, it's about faith. It's just about receiving. You don't have to do anything else other than ask and believe and you'll receive. But for those that might want to be prayed for to receive the, the pray, pray for to receive the, the ability to pray in an unknown language, then I'll have a few people that will be standing around you and will be praying and encouraging you maybe to take that first step. That's, that's what I did. And you know what? It works. I love praying in tongues. I love also what the Word of God says about the balance, be, being in a public meeting and things like that. Amen. But on a Tuesday night, if you come here to this building, I'm like a machine gun. Hallelujah. And my faith gets built and I feel like I'm just getting built up on the inside as I pray and pray and pray in tongues. Love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. And then he goes on to qualify his statement as well, which is good to look at. So this morning, I don't know, um, could we have Alison maybe and a couple of the singers just to come up? That would be great. And again, church family. We'll just release you in a moment's time and just be blessed. Amen. But for those that would love to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, in a moment's time when we all stand, if you'd love to come and make your way to the altar here, we'd love to pray you through a prayer, a simple prayer. But for those that might want to be encouraged a little bit, and I just sense right now, people are really grappling in their minds about, about this thought right now, about just, I know I have the Holy Spirit, but I haven't received the gift. Can I just encourage you right there? Stop overthinking it and maybe just take that step of faith simply by coming and standing on the altar. I've got to stop reading. It's doing my head in. Last Sunday morning, we were here. I'll finish with this. Last Sunday morning, we were here. And I tell you, the, the, the power of God was here. The power of God was here. So many lives are being touched. And I believe this morning, same thing again. But a little, a little statement that's just so profound but so true. It's at the altar that we alter. Amen? When we bring our lives before the Lord. It's at the altar where we alter. So can we all stand to our feet this morning? That'd be great. If we could just put some house lights off, that'd be fantastic as well. If we could just create just a moment of worship together, that would be good. But this morning, the invitation is to everyone. If you want to stay in the building and keep worshiping, you're welcome to do that. If you'd love to come and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we'd love to pray for you here. 
you love to be encouraged in praying in, in uh, unknown tongues and worshipping the Lord that way, we welcome you to hear that as well. Or if you'd like to be released and go and have coffee, do that. But maybe spend a, a moment or two just as we worship God. And as soon as you feel comfortable, why don't you make your way to the altar and we'll pray with you this morning. Amen. Thank you, team.